am Leslie Woody, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, we're going to be unpacking the topic of overcoming anxiety from a biblical perspective. Now, we've hit this topic before, but I'd like to take a deeper look, go a little bit from a different angle today, because I feel like anxiety is one of those things that we need to always be freshly reminded of God's truth. Otherwise, it's just baiting us all the time as women in our culture today. This is part of our biblical mindset series. I feel like there are so many amazing biblical principles just sitting there at our disposal to use that God has given us as tools to overcome anxiety. And a lot of times we're not even aware of those tools. So we allow anxiety to have a lot more control over us than God ever intended. He has called us to an outward and courageous life. And it is my desire that none of us would be hindered from that calling because anxiety has us under its thumb. So before we jump in, I wanted to put in a plug for our Daily Thunder podcast. My husband, Eric, is doing a series right now that is so powerful called Spiritual Lessons from Black and White America. If you have have been just confused or disturbed or just not sure how to respond to some of the most sensitive political issues that are swirling around us today, this is an amazing series for you to dive into. And we'll link it in the podcast description. You can also go to ellersley.com and just click on Daily Thunder if you'd like to watch the videos. But he's a ways into the series, so you can start at the beginning and work your way through it, but very eye-opening, very powerful, very edifying, and just sort of a fresh biblical perspective to the issues of our day. Also, we are now open for registration for our 2024 Ellerslie Discipleship Program. So if you'd like to join us next year for a five-week season or a week-long season, I encourage you to go to ellerslie.com and check those out or click the links in this podcast description. We'd love to see you in Colorado next summer and invest into your spiritual life. So let's dive into part one of Biblical Keys to Overcoming Anxiety. And we're going to go into part two next episode. I want to start out by just sharing with you a story that has really meant a lot to me from the life of Amy Carmichael. She's a missionary that I've highlighted many times on this podcast. And this is a story that happened to her when she was very young in her first missionary venture to Japan. She's best known for her work in India, but before she went to India as a young woman in her 20s, she sailed for Japan. Now, her decision to leave England and say goodbye to friends and family and those that she was very close to was really a heart-wrenching decision because back in her time, when you left as a missionary, you never really knew if you were going to see your loved ones again. Travel was not easy. Communication was not easy. And so a lot of times when you said goodbye as a missionary, it was goodbye forever. And there were people who really told her, you know, you shouldn't leave. You shouldn't leave your family. There are people who count on you and lean on you. So she had to work through all of the emotions of that. And now she was on this ship sailing on the other side of the world, getting ready to land on the shores of Japan for her first mission missionary assignment. And as the ship approached the shoreline, it got caught in the tail end of a typhoon, which is a very severe storm. The ship was pitching back and forth. Everyone on board was getting violently seasick and landing was impossible. So here she was, she had already made that decision to leave for the mission field. And now she's completely alone on a foreign ship on the other side of the world. And she's caught in a deadly storm. Just that alone, I think, would be enough to cause anxiety for most of us. But the story gets more dramatic. The only way for Amy and the other passengers to get out of the storm and onto land 
was to be placed one by one into this large net and kind of like a pulley system and dangled over the ocean during a storm and then let down onto this little tugboat that would try to get them to safety. So she had to get into this net and the wind is biting at her face and the ocean water, because the waves are so extreme, they're soaking her hair and clothes and she's swinging over this stormy water like a pendulum in the pouring rain. And finally she's lowered down onto the deck of the tugboat and she's like swinging from side to side and then sort of dumped out onto the deck. And then they they got the rest of the passengers and the luggage and finally this little tugboat was trying to get towards shore. And Amy was praying the whole time because it was very dangerous. This is what one of her biographies said. The little tug didn't cut through the stormy seas like the larger ship had. Instead, it rode up and over the mountainous waves. At the crest of each wave, the tug tipped forward or rolled sideways so much that it seemed it would capsize for sure. So finally, she's praying, she's going up and down over the waves on this little boat that seems like it's going to crash at any moment. They finally get to the Japanese coastline, and as Amy describes it, she and all the other passengers tumbled out together onto land. And in the book that Elizabeth Elliot wrote about Amy Carmichael, which is called A Chance to Die, this is what she says about what happened immediately after that terrifying experience of landing in Japan. Amy was surrounded by a crowd of shouting people, not a European face anywhere. She did her best to explain her predicament. The crowd was friendly and they were certainly interested, but they were helpless to understand her. As she told the story later, she said she laughed until she was positively aching at the absurdity of the whole affair. A foreign port, nobody to meet her, not a word of any language she could understand. She, a girl from an Irish village on the North Sea, standing in the pouring rain beside her pile of luggage on the shore of Japan, laughing. Amy wrote later, all of this was part of the going forth unto a land I knew not. And if things went wrong, it was so much more the fun. I knew they would come right in the end. And they always did. I sat down tranquilly on the mats and waited to see what the angels would do. Now that is an amazing true story and it often comes to mind whenever I'm facing any kind of scary situation because to laugh and then to wait expectantly to see how God will come through for me is definitely not my natural response. I think for most of us that is not our natural response, but actually it should be. In Philippians 4, 6, Paul tells us, do not be anxious about anything. And that was certainly exemplified in that story from Amy Carmichael. She had just escaped barely with her life from this deadly storm, and now she's in the pouring rain, completely in the middle of a foreign country where no one knows who she is, and she can't communicate, and no one is there to meet her, and she's laughing because she thinks it's more fun when things are challenging, and she knows God is going to come through for her. Now, when I read that verse, do not be anxious about anything, it's easy to sort of be taken aback by those words because is it really possible not to be anxious about anything? I mean, Amy had plenty of reasons to be anxious. Was she going to make it to the shore? Was anyone ever going to come to meet her? Would she be stuck there without being able to speak the language? It was possible that even the money that she might have had with her wouldn't have even worked in Japan. So she was just sort of stranded in a foreign country. And to me, that's a pretty good reason to be anxious. But Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. 
And if it was not possible for us to live out that command, God would not have put it in the Bible as a pattern for us to walk in. We need to remember that whatever God calls us to, he equips us for, including the calling to walk in total victory over anxiety. So many of our Christian heroes walked in that reality of Philippians 4, 6. They faced extreme danger, impossible odds, and even devastating losses, but they had this calm and trusting perspective through it all, just like Amy did that first day that she landed in Japan. Hudson Taylor, who's known as the father of modern missions, was one of the first to ever bring the gospel to China. It was a very hostile place to go. He and his family and his fellow missionaries faced constant threats and persecution and violence and tragic death, and he was responsible for the lives of hundreds of missionaries, and every day was filled with uncertainty and potential disaster because they were in a very unstable country. There was a lot of violence against foreigners, and people criticized him even for going in there with his family and fellow missionaries. But his attitude was one of perfect peace. He wrote this, I am no longer anxious about anything as I realize that he is able to carry out his will for me. It does not matter where he places me or how that is for him to consider, not me. For in the easiest positions, he will give me grace. And in the most difficult ones, his grace is sufficient. Hudson Taylor, Amy Carmichael, and thousands of other Christians throughout history have learned that secret to walking in Paul's baffling statement of Philippians 4 6. They trusted God with a childlike faith. They laid all their cares at his feet, knowing not just hoping that he would be faithful. Amy Carmichael once commented on the amazing promise that we see in Psalm 34, 4 through 6, and beautifully expressed her childlike faith that helped her walk in victory over fear and anxiety. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. From all my fears, out of all his troubles. My fear is not yours, but nearly everyone has somewhere inside a weary little fear which keeps cropping up. But every time fear pushes out its head, there waiting to end it is that glorious word delivered from all my fears, not from some or from most, but from all. Out of all his troubles, we may have to pass through the waters, but we shall be delivered out of all of them. They will not overflow us. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. There again, it is not out of some or out of most, but out of all. Now, those inspiring words from Amy remind us that extraordinary courage is built within our souls when we allow God to bring us completely to the end of ourselves, to place our lives entirely in his hands and rely completely and wholly upon him. In our world today, anxiety has not only become normal and accepted, but in many cases, it's even applauded as wisdom. Sort of like the more fearful and self-protective you are, the wiser you are. But we need to remember that is not the way God has called us to live. Wisdom is fine, but to live in anxiety in the grip of fear does not protect us or save us. In fact, it hinders us from the courageous life we are called to. We should never forget that the same supernatural courage and placid calm that was available to our spiritual heroes is also available to us. There is nothing out of the ordinary about these men and women that gave them freedom from anxiety. It was a work of God's grace within their souls, and they simply made themselves available to it. We can do the same.
And as I've said in other episodes, it's easy to look back on Christian heroes that have this kind of courage, this kind of amazing childlike trust in God and think, well, that was just for them in their time, in their unique situation. They had something special that I don't have, but that is actually not the case. It is what each of us is called to, and it wasn't what they possessed within themselves. It was something they open themselves up to a work for God to do within them. And we can do the very same thing by just making ourselves available for God to work that same miracle within us. We look around sometimes today and we don't see a lot of Christian heroes that are of the same ilk as Amy Carmichael and Hudson Taylor. And that may be because God is calling you and me to become the next generation of Christian heroes that will dare to trust him completely and wholly. Are we willing to say yes to that call? Over these next two episodes, I want to unpack four key principles to gaining freedom from anxiety and walking in the reality of Philippians 4, 6. These principles have been life-changing for me, and I pray they will be the same for you. Some of them are very simple, but they're very easy to forget in the busyness and the stress of our daily life. And the first principle, which is the one we're going to camp out on in this episode, is to remember the faithfulness of God. I have kept a journal for most of my Christian life, and in it, I write not only my prayers and my praise and my thanksgiving toward God, I also keep track of his fingerprints in my life, those obvious signs of his protection, his care, his love for me, his faithfulness to me, whether it's something big or something small. And that has proven so invaluable when I'm walking through times of temptation towards anxiety. Recently, I've walked through some difficult struggles with two of my adopted children, and whenever the enemy has tried to bait me with anxiety over those situations, God has prompted me to look back at his amazing faithfulness in their adoption stories. As I meditate on the amazing grace and protection and provision that was so evident when these children first came into our home, I am reminded of a simple but critical truth. If God was faithful to me then, he will be faithful to me now. And as I focus on his faithfulness to me in the past, the anxiety that seeks to grip my soul immediately leaves because I know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I can be totally confident that the same God who met my every need then will meet my every need now. And that is an incredible soul exercise anytime you are struggling with anxiety. Remembering God's faithfulness is an incredible antidote for fear and anxiety. When the disciples were traveling by boat with Jesus and they began to panic because they realized they hadn't brought any food with them, Jesus asked them, do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. He told them to remember his faithfulness, not in a general sense, but in very specific detail. He knew this was the key to overcoming anxiety over not having any food, remembering who was with them in that boat, the bread of life himself. So when we are faced with situations that tempt us toward anxiety, one of the best things we can do is what Jesus asked the disciples to do in the boat that day to remember his faithfulness to us in very specific detail. 
Think about times when you maybe have faced uncertainty or danger or difficulty and you cried out to God and you saw him answer prayer and you saw his faithfulness. Most of us have those kinds of stories if we've walked with him for any number of years. And even if you can't remember specific situations in which you cried out for help and you were delivered from something or some dramatic provision came, just focusing on the many ways that he has blessed you, whether it's through just provision, family, friends, encouragement, opportunities, can be a tremendous reminder of his unchanging faithfulness. You know, the enemy often tries to bait us and say, well, God doesn't really care about you. He hasn't really come through for you. He didn't answer your prayer. That's one of the enemy's favorite tactics against our soul. But if we just step back and look at our lives and look at how good God has been to us and all the blessings he has given us and the ways that he has shown himself faithful, even when we couldn't see it, we will see that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he is a God of love. And not just in a general sense, but very personally towards us. It's such a great idea to keep a record of God's fingerprints in your life, whether that's through a journal, through special dates or reminders on your calendar, or even I've heard of people doing piles of stones, because that's a concept from the Old Testament where you record answered prayers or special dates of answered prayers on stones or rocks and keep them in a jar or a bowl that you can look at and be reminded of his faithfulness. There are lots of creative ways to remember all that he has done in your life. Whenever you are tempted toward fear and anxiety, you'll have those reminders to shift your focus from anxiety and fear to thankfulness and faith. And another amazing way to remember his faithfulness is to constantly meditate on his promises, especially in the Psalms. I remember when our very first adopted child came home, I was baited with fear constantly because she was from a different time zone. I wondered if she would ever sleep through the night. There were so many adjustments that we had to get used to. And I wondered, is she ever going to just adapt to our culture, to being in a car seat, to being in a stroller, to eating American food, to being in our family? Will she ever sleep through the night? Will her schedule ever match up with ours? And will she, you know, she had some physical problems. Will those be a hindrance to her? And just the fears that would come. I began to just cling to certain promises in the Psalms. One of them was, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. So every time an anxiety would crop up, I would say that verse and I would seek the Lord. Lord, I know you have a solution to this. I freshly lay this care at your feet. Or there was another Psalm that says, the Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And I began to recognize the reality that no matter what ups and downs and challenges I may go through, through this adoption, he would be faithful and he would not withhold any good thing from me as I put my faith in him. Remembering God's faithfulness is a tremendous key to total deliverance from anxiety. However, you are led to do that, whether it's a journal or another creative way to remember his fingerprints in your life, to thank and praise him for his faithfulness to you, and to meditate on all the ways he has loved you, protected you, and blessed you. No matter how strongly anxiety has tried to grip you, God's desire for you is to be completely free from fear and filled with extraordinary courage so that you can be outward and not inward as you go about your daily life so that you can be offensive and not defensive in the spiritual realm. And remember, his faithfulness is greater than any fear that could ever try to distract us. In our next episode, we will go through the next three principles for overcoming anxiety. But my prayer and hope is that you will take time this week to remember his faithfulness and cut through the fog of anxiety by remembering his goodness to you. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into living a set-apart life, I invite you to visit our website, setapart.org, and look at the many resources that we have for you there on living a Christ-centered daily life. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-focused week.